Hello and welcome to another episode of Best of Three. Today on this episode, we have a special guest, Derek Boyko. Howdy, howdy. Wait, that's your name, right? Uh, it's close enough. Awesome. You... In that it's 100% accurate. So, Boyks, what do you do on the Twitches? Sure. Um, so I have a stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash theboyks, where basically I just do drafts and I, uh, I, I essentially grind a ton of drafts on Moto with a live chat. Um, so, in essence, I'm an entertainer, but usually we just have a lot of fun. You also do speedrunnings, correct? I do a couple speedruns. Um, I'm not, like, super huge in the speedrunning community, but I have uh, a couple specialty games that I, I enjoy playing, like uh, Chandelar, for instance, um, which a lot of old Magic players would, would definitely recognize. So, um, Chandelar is uh, a game that came out in 1996 or seven, right around there. Um, it, the actual name of the game is Magic the Gathering um, from Microprose, but the specific expansion that I speed run is Duels of the Planeswalkers, which you might have heard of, but it's not the one that you think it is. Um, so, essentially what this is, it's a, it's a roguelike game where you wander around uh, a world um, fighting other people with, with Magic decks, AI opponents, uh, and you collect anti Anti was this really cool thing back in old Magic where yeah. whenever you lost, you lost a sweet card from your deck. Oh, yeah, uh, that's the uh, old... Oh, uh, yes, my bronze tablet. I love that card. Yep, your bronze tablet, and then you you win their Black Lotus. You yes. know, like, it, it, which was ended because it was really bad gambling, but... <laughs> Sounds like best gambling. I get a, I get a back yeah. Black Lotus because of my uh, bronze tablet. Yeah, that's the only yeah. use for it. <laughs> Um, but basically, uh, this is a game, uh, it's sort of like a role-playing game, which is really weird to see for Magic, although there's been a ton of Magic games that are completely awful back in the day um, that Wizards has tried. But this one's definitely the best. Um, essentially, the whole point of the speedrun is you need to beat uh, five castles worth of bosses and then a final boss. What I do is I take advantage of some randomness manipulation, basically, in the game to always get a turn zero Shibin Dragon during each of these fights. And then yeah. I just beat them in the face uh, until they're dead. And the world record right now is about 1528. I, I saw that. And uh, whenever I play the game, I never do that. Uh, I always because blue is my color. I always go for the blue, and uh, I actually never. Yeah, most I, people, I, I if they even get... finish a playthrough, it takes them about ten to fifteen hours. Yeah, the fact that you're um, able to do it in fifteen minutes, is, or you know, on average, what is it, like twenty minutes usually it takes you. Um, an average run that I complete is about twenty minutes. Uh, fifteen twenty eight was definitely an exception, so the, that that's been pretty hard to beat so far. Cool. So have uh, how long have you been doing uh, Twitch for Twitch? So uh, I actually started. I'm recording videos for a website called draftmagic.com, uh, rip in peace. So I, I've been doing videos on that site for about a year and a half. And then uh, this website, Twitch, started getting really popular. Yeah. Um, and uh, Josh Soulbush1 um, from yep. Draft Magic started streaming a lot on that. So I'm like, I thought streaming was just going to pass. I didn't even think it was interesting. I didn't like it. I, I wanted to sit in my room and talk to myself on a microphone and record videos where I do silly things. I decided to give trying uh, or give streaming a, a try um, about a year and a half ago, and I just got addicted to it, basically. <laughs> so uh, I've been streaming. I, I was going to start streaming um, with a schedule about three times a week just to try and get into it, but it's quickly just sort of taken over my life, and I've been doing it almost every day I can. I, I just love to do it. So no, But, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think I have some of the best uh, – 
viewers on Twitch and some of the best like uh, chat interactors on Twitch, and so we speaking, have a really good community on my stream. So speaking of your community, I noticed that uh, I believe you have a uh, partnership with Twitch. Is that true? I do have a partnership, um, which is unusual because normally for partnership you need to be getting about four or five hundred viewers per stream on yeah. average. So you have to be like a, a Kenji or a Darkest Mage or playing League of Legends right, um, yeah. in general. But for a Magic stream that usually gets about 150, 200, um, it's a little bit unusual to be getting that. So uh, what, what partnership for people who don't know? Uh, basically, with Twitch, you can be partnered, sort of employed under them. So you get ad revenue through Twitch. Um, you also get the option to have a subscription service. So people can pay you $5, um, which actually ends up being about 250 since half of it goes to Twitch. Um, they get sub-emoticons. They get a subscriber status on their chat. Um, and basically, they get to help support the community that you've helped create, um, which is awesome with Twitch uh, to allow that type of service to help you sort of grow as a channel. Um, you don't really get that on places like YouTube unless you're a really, really big channel yeah, uh... so yeah when you're when you're doing something like magic especially a limited stream like mine where you'll be grinding you know five or six drafts a stream um and each draft although right now moto prices have dived um but each each draft can be up to 15 dollars a draft assuming you're not going infinite um that extra income definitely helps well that's uh, cool. I'm, I'm glad that that's available to me so other, uh, so I, I know that you speed run like Chandelar. Or have you ever considered speed running uh, some games like I don't know, like Mario Sunshine or maybe like a uh, Gears of War or something like that? Or do you just spend so much time with Nintendo you don't want to play their games on stream? Oh man, um, so I actually am a N Nintendo employee, which I guess I should put out there. So anything I say towards Nintendo is a one hundred percent bias because I love Nintendo. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm. I don't really think of myself as like a magic pro or anything. I'm definitely not a magic pro, but I, I'm definitely a huge gamer. I've been playing the NES since I was like five. I still have my original NES hooked up right behind me here at my desk. So oh, that's sweet. Cool. Um, as a kid, I still have the box for it. I started collecting games. I've become a big retro game collector. So um, video games in general has just sort of been my life. As far as speedrunning goes, I've been into speedrunning for like five or six years. It's just been a huge... Uh, I haven't actually done a lot of speedruns, though. I, I've been more of a, a viewer or... Uh, an admirer of that type of entertainment. But I've just recently started dipping my toes in the water for it um, to start doing it myself. Uh, one game I did start trying is Carol Blaster, um, and I'm trying to get in on that. Uh, it, it's actually a new game that just came out by the guys who made Cave Story. Yeah, I saw you were playing that yesterday. Um, it looks very interesting. Yeah, it's a really fun little platformer. It has a great soundtrack. I'm hoping I can at least do somewhat well at it, but it's definitely a struggle. Uh, when you watch somebody do something really crazy in speedrunning, uh, let's say they beat Ocarina of Time in 1810, which just happened over the weekend, um, and you see them do all these crazy tricks, you're like, wow, that's really interesting. I can do that. And you don't realize that they've spent a year and a half, two years just grinding at it yeah. to get that good. A lot of people that, that see that, or they see somebody in a a sports arena do some crazy play they don't realize the amount of work that goes into that type of thing and, and i'm just now starting to hit that brick wall but so i've always been pretty determined so i'm pretty sure i can i can do this um that's kind of how i started chandelar spearing i'm like screw it i'll just find a game i like and i'll, I'll speed run now i have to say so far one of my more favorite streams of speed run 
is Pepsi Man. Oh, Pepsi Man. <laughs> I love that game. Pepsi Man is the hypest of all speedruns. I, I, I started that that Pepsi Man game as a joke. So, like, I just found the game online. I'm like, this looks awesome. But then I realized it's actually a really fun game to run fast because it, it has a lot of interesting things. If you don't know what Pepsi Man is, I guess I should describe it because probably literally no one knows what Pepsi Man is. Yeah, go for it. So, <laughs> um... Pepsi released this advertising game to Japan called Pepsi Man, which is based off of a character that they use in their their ads that they run out there. It's like Japanese only, I think. But essentially, it's a free-running game where you try to avoid everybody who's trying to be a jerk to Pepsi Man and stop him from delivering Pepsi to the masses to save the world from Pepsocalypse, uh, which is the end of the world when you don't have Pepsi. Oh, it happens frequently. Yeah, it happens like every three weeks. It's kind of an issue. Yeah, I guess it would be um, kind of bad if they came up with a, a game called Coke Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. So this game, they hired some random actor to record videos of what the average American looks like, I assume. Oh. It's just this really heavy, sort of ugly guy who's just shoving food in his mouth and saying and Pepsi a for TV yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't understand it at all, but it's really entertaining. Apparently the game's actually kind of hard to find because it was only an advertising piece, so... If you can pick up a copy, it'd be pretty fun to play. But yeah, check out Pepsi Man if you haven't. It's pretty interesting. Um, I've done a couple races with some friends on stream, but uh, I've never really done a full serious race of it so far. I, I remember when you were, uh, first started trying that out, that second level, I think it was, with the bridge. Mm -hmm. That one was giving you a very hard time. And, you know, you had to, you know, sit back a bit, and you eventually uh, powered your way through. And, you know, as a person who's tried playing video games, I cannot do that. I just don't have the patience. I, I, in fact, I applaud the fact that you have the patience to even stream and do that at the same time. Yeah, um, streaming is really hard, especially with a live chat. I have my own thoughts on kind of how I would want a, a good Twitch stream to look like. So my thoughts on a good Twitch stream is the viewer needs to be entertaining to some aspect. Uh, they need to be playing a game, if not well, at least having good commentary about that game. Yeah. Uh, and they need to be very interactive with their chat. And when you're doing something that's really skill intensive or really um, uh, that just requires a lot of brain work, it's really easy to lose any one of those three uh, things, especially chat interaction. I think that that is the true disaster of some bigger streams like League of Legends or Dota or well, things I mean, like that. There's just not a lot of interaction. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I like a lot about your stream is you're very interactive with the chat. You know, I mean, you didn't really know much about me. I mean, I'm Kilroy M1 on there. And, mm -hmm. But every time I, I say, hey, Boyks, you always say hello back. And I really appreciate that because some of the other streamers I, I do that with, I don't get that response from. And I, it makes it feel more personal that you even, you know, that you put that effort in. Yeah, and I, I think that's really important with Twitch and streaming in general. If, if Twitch dies for whatever reason, which could happen if there's another website, uh, it's all just about the medium of what you're doing. And, and creating that personal interaction is very important to create a, a, a tight-knit community around the stream. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a good thing to do. You know, and uh, the one thing I like about your stream, or one of the other things I like about your stream, is the fact that you don't just stream one thing. You're you're very willing to do other, th uh, other things. Like, uh, you've been doing Ticket to Ride recently. You know, you... Um, for, well, actually, I found you through Tom when you were uh, on his uh, when you were doing MTG Radio when you were uh, mm -hmm. showing up on his uh, his games and playing. That's where I found you, and you know he went on hiatus because he went off to um, nursing school, and then I I found out you were streaming, and that's when I picked you up and I started watching you, and I've been very interested in your streams because you you know you do tons of games 
And, you know, that's also one of the things I like about uh, Darkest Mage's streams is he also does in between rounds. He does those, you know, JRPGs and other games like that in between. And I like that because, you know, Magic has those <laughs> big gaps of time in, in between rounds sometimes. And you also fill them with, you know, those fun games that you have. But, yeah, I I, I definitely think that's important. Um, Magic Online is a little bit behind the times with the way that the gameplay flows. The idea between Magic Online is that it should as closely as possible represent real life tournaments and if anybody's been to a real life you know big tournament like a grand prix or something you know that when you finish a round in 10 minutes or 15 minutes there is an awful lot of downtime in between the two uh, rounds so when you're doing that on twitch with you know a live chat and everything and you have to wait 30 40 minutes for the next round obviously that can get really boring if you're just filling it with dead air or chat or whatever i know there's a lot of bigger streamers that do a lot of like double queuing or triple queuing i think that really takes away from the experience of of the stream since there's so much more going on there's a lot less interaction because you have to keep track of everything that's happening so yeah i I like to follow the lead of some other streamers and i like to to just sort of fill with games that i enjoy or games that i i don't think most people have seen um as a big avid gamer i like to share those types of experience that really get me excited and video games uh, really do that so yeah i I like filling with that and sort of introducing people to new experiences that they might not have otherwise seen so so just out of curiosity uh we we do do a board game show uh on this network and i was just wondering what's your favorite all-time board game Oh, man. Uh, so before I moved out to Seattle about two or three years ago, I used to have about three bookcases of board games set up. Wow. So we had basically we had like a gamer house with a basement that just had three tables on it for D&D and board games. That sounds and awesome. that's all we would do every like two or three days. We'd have people come over and play board games or D&D or whatever. That's um, sweet. So I played a lot of board games. I think my favorites or at least top five, at least <laughs> I can give you a couple. Surprisingly. I'm not a big fan of Battlestar Galactica, really? but as a show, oh, and I, I'm not sure why, but I really like the board game, and it's surprising. I, I'm um, the same way with that game. Yeah, that game, uh, so the Battlestar Galactica game, um, you can play with, uh, I think it's like three to six, unless you get an expansion, which uh, adds, I think, seven or eight, but it's it's a game where the whole point is there's one or two people who are Cylons or who are trying to to sort of ruin this team endeavor that the game puts everybody playing in. But there's a lot of, like, sneakiness in it, and there's a lot of... Uh, since, since the players don't know if there's a Cylon in there, there might not even be one until mid-game. Um, there's a lot of just, who's screwing us? Like, who who is the person who is ruining this game? And there's a lot of back talk and trash talk and uh, intrigue, and it just adds a really cool atmosphere to the game, I think. If you get a chance to pick it up, I would definitely pick up that game at some point. If you have a nice active play group, that would be willing to to look into it. Uh, that is a, a, a relatively long game from when I remember mm-hmm. playing it, though. It's usually about an hour, hour and a half, I think, yeah. As far as shorter games, uh, I, I do like Settlers Catan, although I, I think Seafarers is a better expansion if you're going to play Catan. Yeah. Ticket to Ride, obviously. I think Europe's probably my favorite map out of those. I still haven't played Europe. I've only played uh, the regular. Yeah, I would suggest Europe. Um, it adds a lot of depth to it. And, unless you have the 1910 expansion for the original, then that that gives you enough to do but i think the original ticket to ride can be a little short yeah i know i know like a lot of uh a lot of like simple games that are easy to show to your friends especially the ones that aren't into board games and stuff like that the ones that are like the Catans and things uh, and uh of that kind of nature mm-hmm. are carcassonne uh you know ticket to ride games that take about 
five to ten minutes to actually teach them, and then they go, okay, I got this, but it takes a while to master them. Those are my favorite games to play because I know that a lot of my friends that I do play with, they do play board games, but I do have uh, a large portion of my friends that will like refuse to pick up a board game in lieu of playing a video game. So I know that it's All a lot right. easier to you know show them a nice, quick, simple game, you know, like five rules, and that's it. So that's why I love I love those style of games. Actually, uh, the game we just that I just picked up, the um, Adventure Time card game, that's a really simple game to pick up. Yeah, because that's like a uh, what should we call it? The rules, you know, very self-explanatory, very well written, and mm-hmm. it's a very interesting looking game. It's like a mix between Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I, I find Flux is a nice game to pick up too. Oh, that's a fun to play with people. Um, that's just a game you can pick up and play in like five ten minutes. One thing I I really enjoyed, and I think. Cards Against Humanity is sort of taken off on the idea of it. There you go. Um, there, and I, I love Cards Against Humanity too, but that that might not be appropriate for some viewers. No, 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 uh, no. <laughs> um, although, funny story about that. I, I got my sister uh, a copy of Cards Against Humanity for Christmas this year as a gift, and she immediately unboxed it, took it over to my parents' house, and played with my parents. Oh, that sounds. Oh, awkward. that sounds like a bad which, idea. Which you sound like a great brother. Some, Apparently, my parents loved it, but it led to some really interesting conversations. I, I could never, never play that with my family. <laughs> um, no, no, yeah, no one. Maybe my bro. But, That's about it. But one thing I would suggest, and I'm not sure most people have heard of this game, um, considering it's not like an actual domestic product, but you can find it if you look online. Um, it's called A Thousand Blank White Cards. Uh, literally, all you need to play this game are some note cards uh, and some pens. So that's actually really funny. Um, Rob here. M- before even knowing that game existed, has done something very similar to that game. Yeah, we used to play yeah. uh, 100 flashcards, which was literally the way it sounds. You just literally go, okay, write a rule, a card description, and do some funky artwork, and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's awesome. Like, it's such an easy, simple idea, um, but it makes for some really fun gameplay. Essentially, yeah, that's all you do. You just uh, write a card with a name, you draw some awful picture. Even if you're bad at drawing, it doesn't really matter. The whole point of the game is basically just to uh, joke around with your friends and just pass some time having fun and and it's really cheap and easy to do if even if you don't have time to go pick up like a full board game or anything like that yeah um, I would suggest Google searching and checking out uh, or even just coming up with your own game at some point so now um I know you mentioned when you were talking about the games you talked about d and d and I personally haven't tried it i've tried other we've um, done beer and pretzel role-playing yeah. games those you know, are fiasco, fiasco and there was another one that we were uh starting oh, okay. that we we learned with the this group actually at a non-pro they're the ones who got us into um role-playing the games. role-playing we, games yeah. before that we just played regular uh you know dice game you know monopoly not monopoly we didn't really play that one no but, no no but, you know <laughs> fights end with monopoly yes especially in rob with uh rob's family yes no they're no. very aggressive yeah, yeah. people but yeah no in general i saw a few a month or two ago you were doing dream of of it in a way how do you do that like how'd you do that exactly would you like to talk about that with your D? so last saturday i uh, actually did stream some D on on my twitch stream um and i'm also gonna be doing that tonight but it's sort of an on and off thing basically i just play with people i've played with for years online and then we bring some new people in uh there's a website that came out about a year ago from a kickstarter called roll 20 um which is a free to use website you can use to get together role-playing games it doesn't have to be D D; it can be any system uh, if you wanted to play pathfinder you wanted to play all flesh must be eaten or any other role-playing game that's something you can do right 
So um, essentially, it's, it's just a program you can use that where you can draw out maps, you can load maps, get character tokens. Um, it connects the people on with webcam and chat, uh, as well as voice. And yeah, you just get together, hang out, and play some role-playing games. Now, because you moved, uh, do you feel that this has been helpful for you? To you know, because I'm assuming some of those against assumption that some of those people are friends that you had back in wherever you're from. Yeah. Yes. Um, where are you from, Derek? <laughs> well, that was in I'm Seattle. From Mars. Um, cool. I took the spaceship over here. It Sweet. was very expensive, especially oh, with new imagine. immigration laws. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it it definitely helps connect out. Uh, or helps with the connections of, of people that I've been playing with for years. Um, when I moved out here to Seattle, I, I did try getting into some D&D groups out here um, just by going to like my local shops and seeing if there were ads placed and such like that. But it's really hard to find a good group that's really into the game or that knows how to play it very well um, or even that you could just joke around with. Yeah. So being able to, to connect online with some old friends like that and just you know banter back and forth for a couple hours is really really fun okay uh, and i'm glad that, that type of somewhere thing yeah <laughs>